Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. How are Latter-day Saints supposed to look at their history? That's what we've been talking about this week. We are looking at a few articles that are found in the July 2020 edition of Ensign Magazine. Yesterday we were discussing a small article found on page 15 of that Ensign. And it's a question, how do we know if a source about church history is reliable? It was written by Matt Groh. He has a Ph.D. from Notre Dame, but he works with the church history department. And he said some things that I think we need to flesh out a little bit more than what we have so far. But he makes this interesting statement, Eric, and we kind of went over it very quickly. But let's look at it one more time. We all know that the challenge in the information age is not to find answers. We're surrounded by answers, he says. But to discern between good answers and bad answers, good information and bad information. There are so many discussions online about our history. And of course, in the context, he's speaking of history of the LDS Church. And most of these discussions, he says, produce a lot more heat than light. What do you think he means by these discussions produce a lot more heat than light? Well, I think the idea that a lot of people get upset about the things that are being said as far as the church's history or doctrines and maybe even saying those things never took place when the church has admitted on many of those issues that they have taken place. What I think he's talking about, though, with good answers and bad answers, where do you find good answers? And he tells you in the next paragraph. He says, be careful about sources of information that just seek to tear people down. Now, he would say the LDS sources are not going to try to tear people down, but they're going to help you with your testimony. And so the good answers are going to be the way that the church defines the right answer, and it should be faith-promoting. But yet, we have had experiences where when we give accurate information, what we would say is a good answer, Latter-day Saints, as you mentioned, sometimes they will get upset at that, even though the information is quite accurate. Now, when he says, we all know that the challenge in the information age is not to find answers, we're surrounded by answers, but to discern between good answers and bad answers, good information and bad information. But yet, how many times have we talked with Latter-day Saints and we give them the facts, as they are, from LDS sources, we're citing their own material, and we'll have a Mormon respond to us by saying, but I have a testimony. I really don't care. I have a testimony. Is that really discerning in the context of what Matt Groh is saying here in this paragraph? Is that really discerning to just fall back on a subjective feeling that tells you you think you're right because you have a feeling about this, but are the feelings accurate? And that's the question that I often ask Latter-day Saints when they tell me they have a testimony and they'll say something like, well, the Holy Ghost has made this known to me. 
How do you know it was the Holy Ghost? Well, I just know. That doesn't work. There are games that are played, perhaps by both sides. I would say that we can both slant things the way that we want people to believe. And he says this in the third paragraph, it is really easy to play gotcha with the past, to pull a quotation or an incident out of context and make it look alarming. Now, it's true. You can take a quote and out of its context make it say something that it was never intended to say. But what we try to do on this show, we provide a lot of quotes, but we ask our listeners, show us if what we're saying is out of context. But if it is in context, then what we're saying is this is problematic and here's why. And I think a lot of the discussions on the internet probably don't involve a whole lot of the facts, but rather innuendo and personal opinions, and it can become quite unwieldy when you're trying to defend your faith without having a lot of information. But what do you do in this particular case where, as you just read, it's easy to play gotcha with the past, to pull a quotation or an incident out of context and make it look alarming? What if it's not pulled out of context and it's alarming? What are you supposed to do with that? you just ignore it? It's kind of like having a discussion with a Latter-day Saint, and you bring up, let's say, and we brought this subject up many times, Brigham Young's Adam-God doctrine. I've had Latter-day Saints say, he never taught that, or who cares? It's not official doctrine. But then later on, they might find out that Brigham Young actually did teach this, and somehow it's okay with them now. And I like to remind them, When we first discussed this subject, you were offended, you were alarmed, and you thought I was lying. But now, all of a sudden, because you found out that what I was saying is true, you've somehow reconciled Brigham Young's error as being okay with you when that's not the way you behaved when we first discussed this topic. We were talking a few days ago about the illustration we used out on the streets of Manti at the Mormon Miracle Pageant in 2007, and then later in 2017, and we got two different reactions. In 2007, people were angry and trying to say, no, that's not true history. That's uh, Joseph Smith was not married to multiple women. And I would ask the question, does that bother you? Yes, it would if he had been. But then in 2017, we did not have Latter-day Saints who were saying they were bothered by it. They had just accepted it at that time. In other words, they had a values change. And that's really what it was. They, they were offended by it at first. And then when the church came out and said it, in order to protect the integrity of the church and also protect the integrity of their believing in the church, somehow that became all right with them. But he goes on to say, as a historian, I try to follow the advice of a British novelist. He said, the past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. And he goes on to say, we want to try to understand people within their own context and their own culture. We want to be patient with what we perceive as their faults. We want to be humble about the limits of our own knowledge, and we want to have a spirit of charity about the past. In many regards, I would agree with what he's saying here. And this is why I have a problem with our culture and the way it's going with some people and how they want to erase the history or rewrite the history, little realizing 
why certain things were believed and done at a time when now we look back and we are, we're appalled by it, as we should be in many cases. I think those things need to be there to remind us of the ugliness of history sometimes, and it allows us to have a discussion. So I know what he's saying here, but there are some things that we cannot overlook in Mormon history because Mormon leaders were crediting God with these things. A case in point, the prohibition of those of African heritage to have the priesthood. Mormon leaders were saying that this was a doctrine and that God was behind the doctrine. Now the church is giving us the impression that they didn't know who was behind the doctrine or even if it was a doctrine at all. Well, when I go back into the history and I start to discern between the good answers and the bad answers, I would say that what the LDS Church is saying now about the prohibition is a bad answer. It's a bad answer. It's a horrible answer because we have enough evidence from their own leaders that show us what was being believed and taught and why it was being believed and taught at that particular time. And in this case would be before 1978 when the church did a massive correction and allowed all worthy male members to hold the priesthood regardless of their race. Let me see if I can summarize what you're saying. Just because the church has come up with an answer doesn't make it a good answer. Exactly. I think that you're, you're spot on in that evaluation. That's exactly what I'm saying. And just because a historian may have answered it doesn't mean the matter is settled. I think in many areas we can delve into it a little bit deeper. Bill, I want to ask you then, what role do other websites outside of official LDS Church websites play in the 21st century. And I say that because before 2013, the information that the Gospel Topics essays discussed from 2013 to 2015 were not found on the LDS website before that time. And the only way you could have gotten that information were from unofficial sources, such as our site, mrm.org, such as Sandra Tanner's site, utlm.org. Well, now that the church has come, quote-unquote, clean, is there still a role for websites like ours? I would say absolutely, because there's still a lot of transparency that needs to be reached when it comes to how the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints depicts its history and doctrine. We have admitted on this show that we were pretty pleased with what the Gospel Topics essays were trying to accomplish. They were certainly much more, quote-unquote, transparent than many books put out by the church up until that time. For that, we give them credit. Could they do much better? Yes, I think they could. When the book Saints came out, I would say that certainly it was giving a side of history that many Mormons probably were not aware, but a part of history that needed to be told. They did better at it, but I think they could have even done more than what they did. There's still a lot of issues that I think are important in order to evaluate the LDS Church that would help tell us whether or not it is, in fact, a true church as it claims. And sometimes there is more than one perspective. 
And I think when the when we're getting all the information from the church, we're getting its perspective and what they want us to know. And as you said, yes, the church has become much clearer in its history. We'll give them that. But at the same time, they don't tell all. We haven't talked about the second volume of the Saints book. It's called No Unhallowed Ground, 1846 to 1893. I've read it. We'll have a chance perhaps later to discuss this book, some of the things that are said there. Let me just give you one example. Mountain Meadows Massacre. They do talk about it, but they're giving one side of that. There have been other historians who have given other sides, but you don't get the other sides when you're only reading the church history. When you're reading through Brigham Young and all of his teachings, you read a lot of things about Brigham Young, but there were a lot of things about Brigham Young that were not talked about in this volume. One would be the Adam-God Doctrine. I said yesterday, if you type in Adam-God or Adam-God Doctrine on the uh, churchofjesuschrist.org website, nothing comes up as far as an explanation of what that is. No, no admission that Brigham Young had ever taught such a teaching. And even if it was mentioned in an article, there is so much that needs to be discussed about that particular doctrine that you know is not going to be mentioned on that site. This is where you need another voice, and I would say maybe a critical voice, to add to this conversation. And only by hearing both sides of the issue, wouldn't you think you need that in order to practice your free agency as Mormons teach it today? I would think so. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.